Hey, all you nostalgic yacht captains. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 office, and the other is a bit of a 9021 expert. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. And I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Comic Book Coffee Break, where two friends sit back and take a deep dive into comic books past and present. Here's what I want to know, Kendra. Everything is getting a graphic novel now. There's a Saved by the Bell graphic novel. There's a Punky Brewster graphic novel. All of these classic TV shows are getting one. Where's the 90210 comic book? Maybe you should you know? float that idea to somebody. Maybe I will. I'll call up Mel Gilden and see, yeah. if, he, see if he's got any see juice. See what he can do. All right. I will. Three nice things where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned reputation. Radio 64 featuring video game music remix radio and previously on X-Men, where we look back on X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. We are discussing a couple of doozies episodes 321 dead end and 322 the child is father to the man i don't quite understand that title but when we get there i guess we can talk I, about you it you know i was trying to figure that out too yeah okay well let's crack open the west beverly blaze okay i'm an investigative reporter for the west beverly newspaper these episodes originally aired february 10th and 17th of 1993 on February 10th, um, I don't know what time, I don't know if it was taking viewers away from uh, 90210 when this aired, but Oprah interviewed Michael Jackson, which mm. was apparently a huge deal. It's one of the most watched interviews in history with 90 million viewers. Typically, Oprah was syndicated, so it kind of depended on where your local area wanted to air it. Oprah was always on at 4 o'clock, like after school where mm. I was. It seemed like... I don't know. It seemed like it might have been like a nighttime. Oh, like a primetime special. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Because there that were so sense. many people watching. But it was apparently sure. a, a, his first interview in like 14 years or something. Mm. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people watching that interview. Yeah, Do you that... remember that happening? Did you watch no. that interview? No, I don't remember that. Sorry. Mm. I was not one of the 90 mil. <laughs> On February 12th, uh, a point of contention between us, Groundhog Day premiered. Oh, yes. You know, that's funny because I was just like literally moments ago quoting this movie with my brother-in-law, Mike, because it's a it's a great movie. And anyone who thinks it's not, <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned about. It's me. I don't I like this movie. It's a I good understand. movie. It just stresses you, me out. You're stressed. I get it's it. not I my get it. it's not my kind of story, though. We did just watch the movie Palm Springs, which is pretty oh, yeah. much the same premise. And I loved sure. it. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's. You you pick up. I mean, you're you're watching Bill Murray's character like figure all this out as you're going through. Whereas in Palm Springs, you're dropped right into the middle of it. Yeah, so it's a different true. experience. I get it. I get it. Okay. Uh, looking at the Billboard Top 100, "Saving Forever for You" is up to number four. Oh. I wanted from to the soundtrack. Yeah. Yes, wanted to mention that. Um, oh, and a whole new world is at number two. And uh, I will always love you, holding strong at number one yeah. for forever. Totally get it. Basically, a uh, couple albums came out these weeks. Uh, Carmen Electra came out with her self-titled debut album, which um, pretty much ended her uh, recording career because <laughs> it was not well received. But I mentioned it because Prince was behind it. Oh. He like was promoting Electra. He wanted to like put her out there as this like sexy female rapper. Really? 
Yes. So he was like behind the the album and producing it, um, but it was not well received. So uh, she all she says that um, his label was having problems, and so that mm. could have contributed to the failure. Okay. I, I haven't listened to the music, so can't say one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. Also, Mick Jagger on February 9th released his only solo album from the 90s titled Wandering Spirit. I, I, I'm not really familiar with that album, uh, but he has an earlier solo album from maybe, the, maybe it could be late 70s, could be early 80s called She's the Boss, which I think is actually pretty good hmm. and does distinguish itself from just the Rolling Stones. So I think you know. this one was was also like just OK. Yeah. Reviews. It was on the top 100. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Carmen Electra was nowhere Not to be there. found <laughs> <Not there. laughs> on mm. the top 100. Okay. On February 14th, James Eckhouse turns 38. Uh, that's Valentine's Day, right? He's a uh, Valentine's yeah. Day birthday. Valentine's boy. And yeah. on February 21st, Denise Dows, who plays Mrs. Teasley, Miss Teasley, turns 35. And you'll remember Gabrielle Carteris is a cool, like, what, 32, 33 yeah. mm-hmm. at this point? So she's way closer in age to Miss Teasley. And, and I Walsh. feel like the more we go on, the more 30 she looks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. she's 30 and flirty. Yep. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. I will. Outside of his role as Jack McKay, Josh Taylor played patriarch Michael Hogan on the Jason Bateman sitcom The Hogan Family. This is one of my favorites when I was a little kid. I loved this show. It's impossible to find now. It's not it's not streaming. It's never on DVD or anything like that. One of those like Antenna TV or one of those like nonsense channels. <laughs> Oops. Uh, does air <laughs> it like randomly. But it was such a funny show. I loved it. Anyway. Uh, Josh Taylor would go on to play Roman Brady in the long-running daytime soap opera Days of Our Lives. He has appeared in nearly, this is a big number. Are you ready, Kendra? He's played Roman Brady on Days of Our Lives almost 3,500 times. Oh, my goodness. Uh, That many episodes at the time of recording. Who knows how long it will go on. Do you think after that you're just like you think you are the character? Do you think you have (laughs) trouble separating yourself from the character after that many episodes? I would think it would take its toll, certainly. I mean, at that point, you're playing that character more than yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's Roman Brady more than he is Josh Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see who's living in Beverly Hills. All right. Our synopsis for our first episode, Dead End. After dissolving the trust fund, Dylan, Jack, and Christine enjoy the good life together on a friend's yacht at Marina del Rey, but they are all under observation by unidentified men. Meanwhile, finances force Kelly's mother to put their house up for sale. Brenda, Donna, and Cindy take a class in self-defense. Brandon continues gambling and starts losing money, coming up short when Duke comes to collect. David meets with Serge Mencken, his new recording manager. The episode was directed by Jeff Melman and written by Darren Starr and Star Froman. Uh, today we have recurring characters Josh Taylor, Valerie Wildman, Billy Vera, Angela Espy, and Michael Anthony Rollins returning as Jack, Christine, Duke, Jackie, and Jordan. We also have Rod McRae as Rob Lance. It's Rod McRae as Rob Lance. This is his first of two uh, appearances on the show in the character. Uh, multiple appearances on shows like Three's Company, Harper Valley, PTA, and later as Gorgeous George on The Cool Kids. Was he the the skipper or was he the captain? I was trying to remember that myself. There's several of these like guys who, who pop up <laughs> in these roles a couple times. I'm not sure exactly which one he was. Okay. Uh, we have 
Miguel Perez as Mel Borman. Now, he's in both of today's episodes playing the same role of Mel Borman. Recurring roles on Saved by the Bell, The New Class, Aquarius, and Fear the Walking Dead. Finally, we have Adam Tucker as Mike, also appearing in both episodes today. Uh, other credits include shows like The Hill, Mistresses, and The Mindy Project. All right, well, let's get into the episode. We start at uh, Marina Del Rey, apparently. I'm just going to say the Marina, probably. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of saxophone in this uh, yes. in this episode. It's just like from start to finish. A lot of white pants, yes. a lot of turtlenecks. A lot of windbreakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved all the windbreakers. I think oh, I wrote yeah, that beachwear. at, at Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, yep, Jack, Christine, and Dylan pull up, and they're sailing best. And mm-hmm. Jack is having them guess which boat they're getting yeah. on. And they, they all, you know, they both take some guesses, but he points to the biggest boat. It's a big at, old boat. At yeah. the dock. It's, it's a huge boat. Looking and Dylan's good. like, "Oh, I'm driving." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they walk up. It's they so meet. Cute, like the whole so like cute. Jack and Christine and Dylan and their whole like, just mom, dad, and Dylan. Like, yep. it's just it's nice. It's nice to see. It is. They meet the captain and the first mate, and they they go on the boat, and it is very swanky. It, it is. is. It's a very oh, ritzy yeah. boat. Yeah. Jack says that he got this boat because or he can borrow this boat because he took the fall for a lot of people yeah and so people are kind of paying him back now for uh not ratting them out yep loose lips sink yachts. jack <laughs> jack sends dylan and christine off with the first mate and jack and the captain have a little talk and we yeah, find that the, that the captain is the one who's been he's been on the phone with talking mm-hmm. about Dylan's money. Yep. And as they're having this conversation, we see there's a van parked outside and there's people inside the van that are listening to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something's up. Yeah, not clear on who everyone is or, or what's going on, really. No. Uh, Dylan comes back in and he is off to school. Uh, but before that, Jack asks him to call Jim again because they haven't heard anything about the papers and the trust yeah, fund and everything. The trust, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so he wants him to double check on that. At the Walsh house, Jim is picking on Brandon for only reading the sports section. He has a whole thing about how his dad used to make him read the whole paper before he could read the sports yeah. section. Cindy and Brenda come back from a run and they're um, very upset because a friend of theirs got mugged in mm-hmm. the park. And so Cindy finds a flyer that she got somewhere, and uh, it's for a self-defense class. And they both decide they're going to take this self-defense class. I have to mention, I hate the mugs that Jim and Brandon are using in this episode. Did you notice them? No, I didn't. These big, chunky things with, like, the insides were pastel. And they have, like, big pastel, like, <laughs> I just, they were so ugly. I couldn't stop staring at them throughout this whole scene. <laughs> Irrelevant, but I didn't like the mugs. That's all. Well, no, good to point out. Mm-hmm. At the Taylor house, everyone's having a family breakfast, and Jackie walks in to say uh, she's been going over the finances, and they are going to have to sell the house. Yeah. Da- David blames his dad, but Jackie which, says which no. Which is totally it's, Mel's fault. Oh, yeah. It's 100% Mel's fault. But uh, Jackie is like, no, you know, this, this, I forget her reasons, but she, she has reasons why this is happening. Well, basically when she married Mel, 
she lost the alimony she was getting from her previous husband. Right. And then Mel divorces her and she didn't feel like they had really like started right. a life together. So for her to be demanding alimony, she didn't feel was right. But frankly, I think she should get alimony. He, you know, he had a kid it's with her choice. and then yes. cheated on her and yes. left her. And so now she has to sell her house. Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, that's crazy. no, 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 no. That's Pony crazy. Up the dough, Mel. It's the least you can do. Jeez. <laughs> well, Kelly can't believe it uh, that after all the marriages and all yeah. the guys that have come through, they're finally losing the house. Well, the house is Kelly's only source of stability. You know, that's the only thing that's been like consistent in her life. So it's a big deal for her to lose it. I get that. Yeah. While they're sitting there. The phone rings and it is Serge to talk to David, who is very nervous to talk to him, but he does. And after, after they have a conversation about it that Serge totally overheard. Yeah. He's like yes. holding the phone up like, you have to talk to him. <laughs> no, I'm nervous. Serge heard every word you guys said. Well, Serge said they uh, he wants to lay down some tracks next week. So David's oh, pretty yeah. excited about that. At school, Brandon is still reading the paper because mm-hmm. he's a gambler now. He's always he's a gambler, reading the everyone. paper. Steve, he's a gambler? Steve, throughout these episodes, just picks on him about basketball being a sucker's bed and how much he's betting and blah, blah, blah. David then tries to talk to Steve, but Steve isn't talking to David because, mm-hmm. if you'll recall, he dropped him in order to yeah. go with this label. Donna's on the mic talking about the weekend. And after she's done, Brenda walks in and asks her to go to the self-defense class with her. Yes. Which she's kind of like, eh. And she's like, are you sure you're doing this because you have nothing else to do this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she does agree to go. Andrea comes in and weighs in. She says that Donna should definitely go uh, and that self-defense is important. And Andrea also says that she has a date. She is dressed. The way they're doing her hair now is it's not teenagery. It's like very short, very curly. She looks like she works at a law office. Yeah, they were kind of rocking a style for her that was kind of that corporate teen look, you know, with with like blazers and things. But now she's just wearing like full on suits. Yeah. You know, she looks like she's a district superintendent. (laughs) She does. That's exactly what she looks like. So, yeah, it's a weird it's a weird move for them to do. At Jim's office, Dylan shows up because Jim has not been answering his calls. Mm -hmm. Jim says he's up to his earlobes and alligators. What do you think that means? And alligators? He says, I'm up to my earlobes and alligators. Huh. Maybe that they were trying to do a catchphrase for Jim. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Jim. Yep, up to his earlobes and alligators. <laughs> a lot of boom mic in this scene. Oh. Um, so Dylan uh, presses Jim until Jim finally is says that he is not ready to dissolve Thank the goodness. trust fund. He doesn't think that it's the right choice. Yeah. Dylan thinks that his dad deserves a second chance. He's very upset at Jim for making this decision, and they kind of leave it where Jim's like, I'll think about it, basically. I still am bothered by the fact that there's been no reason given for why Dylan and Jack need this money to have a relationship. You know, like, Jack has enough, you know? Like, it's just all of Dylan's needs are being met, and Jack has some, 
so I don't really understand why the desperation to get the money out. I understand Jack's desperation, but I don't understand why nobody is bringing up like, well, why do you need to do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of frustrating. Yep. At the Taylor house, Jackie is vacuuming. She's cleaning because a real estate caravan is coming mm-hmm. the next day. Kelly uh, then talks about how everything is changing and she doesn't really know where she stands with a lot of her friends. You know, her and Brenda still aren't really talking. And uh, Jackie says that she needs to give Brenda time. Mm-hmm. That's a short little scene. Good advice. At Boy, s- props to their housekeeping because, man, if if I was to be told that a realtor was coming to my house tomorrow, I would spend the next 24 hours like cleaning and tidying. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. would not be ready for that. So <laughs> kudos to the... Uh, silver uh taylor household here yes at the self-defense class donna brenda and cindy are there they're in their workout outfits oh yeah windbreakers yep and uh they're ready to go the uh self-defense teacher um is a woman and she's talking about um statistics she says like a woman is uh assaulted like every three minutes and raped every six minutes which surprised me i don't know how i don't know how true those uh those stats are but that's crazy i felt the same way they're pretty pretty staggering uh so then they introduce themselves so cindy cindy introduces herself and says that she wants to she's there because she wants to feel safe brenda introduces herself and brings up uh that she was attacked at the peach pit nice callback and Donna says that she's just there because her best friend, Brenda, her best made, friend. made I her come. Yep. They're best friends now? They're best friends now. How? Yep. She's going all in. <laughs> See ya, yeah, Kelly. I guess, I guess Paris. You go to Paris together and you're best friends. Yep. All right. Next scene is on the boat. Jack says that he got a call from Jim, uh, which he's not happy about. The guys are still listening in the van. The yeah. guys in the van are still listening the to everything yeah. they're saying. The river, yeah. um, and they're kind of just, you know, Dylan's like, eh, he'll come around. Like, Dylan doesn't really have as much uh, urgency about it, I guess. Yeah. This and, is about the only time where Dylan expresses any sort of like, what's the big deal? Yeah. You know, like, oh, who cares? Yeah. And then we see that the captain was also yes. eavesdropping on this conversation and he was very unhappy. With Seems like he cares, maybe. Yeah, he does. At the Peach Pit, we learned that Brandon lost $200 on uh, the last game that he bet on. Steve, again, is like, man, why are you doing this? Don't bet on basketball games. Andrea and Jordan are there on a date. Oh, yep. Uh, So this is her date that she mentioned. You know what? I like it. Yeah, I like like it, too. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. They mentioned that they're going to see Hoffa. Have you ever seen Hoffa? I have not seen Hoffa. Well, Kendra, it was a 1992 uh, film about union leader Jimmy Hoffa, starring one Jack Nicholson with Danny DeVito, Armand DeSante, and John C. Riley. Hmm. Did you watch The Irishman also? I did watch The Irishman, yes. Okay, did you like it? All four hours of it. <laughs> uh, it's a miniseries. No, it was it's, good, it's though. It is, yeah, it is, it is good. good. It is good. I don't really buy Robert De Niro as like 25 with their, no. with their de-aging techniques. He <laughs> moves not. like a grandpa. All yeah. the time. But and they, like, anyway. changed his eye color, which was also weird. Yeah, that was really strange. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 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 Jordan and Andrea are going to see the film Hoffa, which I have not seen, despite my love of Jack Nicholson. So maybe I need to remedy that. Yeah. 
Brandon, after they leave, just he is just like, wow, I can't believe they're dating. And Steve is like, you just can't stand to see her with anyone yeah. else uh, besides you. And we, this is where they have kind of a clunky conversation here, right? Yes. Do we want where, to mention this comment that Steve? Well, I think just to just yes, probably. Steve Steve says that they're a weird couple, or Brandon says they're a weird couple. Mm-hmm. I think. And Steve said, "Is is it because of the jungle fever?" Mm-hmm. Which was, you know. Yeah, uh, I was like, "Whoa!" When he said I that, I wondered if you at least catch the. I mean, it's still a, a tasteless comment, but it was a reference to the Spike Lee movie uh, of that same name. It came out in '91. Uh, that's about a married black man having an affair with an Italian secretary, Wesley Snipes, uh, Sam Jackson, Halle Berry. It was Halle Berry's first role, I believe. Oh, was it? I believe. Oh, yes, okay. I saw that because I had to look. I was look looking up facts and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, this was a." reference to something yeah. no okay I, I, got, I got the reference but it was still kind of jarring yeah it was so. it definitely was All um right. and uh brandon mentions that he kissed andrea and steve is like oh everybody stop everything well no i don't think anyone knows that no steve i don't i don't think so, so. i kind of thought that would come up but it didn't but yeah. i love that brandon says he says like all we've ever done is kiss but i can't get off of this possessive trip with her yeah which i think is i mean it's open. It's true. You know, he mm-hmm. can't seem to avoid that. But. Yep. At the Walsh house, Cindy uh, is telling Jim about Clash. She said it was terrific. She says Brenda has a lot of anger pent up inside. So he's she's hoping this will help her with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's also very tired and sore. So Jim is like giving her a back rub. And then. Yes. She, Saucy. Yes. yes very. <laughs> and. <laughs> And we see that Jim is making a pro-con list about yeah. signing away the trust. His yeah. pro, his only pro, is that Dylan deserves a father. Which, again, why does he need his trust fund open three years early to have a father? I, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It, this scene also, I mean, just with everything else, it frustrates me. Because Jim's whole con list is just all the things that we know. Jack has never been trustworthy. Dylan's never trusted him. Jack has been in trouble for stealing money. You know, Money, just, the thing we're arguing over. Yeah. And Cindy's point of like, well, we have to let Dylan go. We can't go on being surrogate parents forever. There's some truth in that, but I just don't think that this is a surrogate parent situation. I think it's Jim's. No, this is a smart. Yeah, this is a smart trust person. What yeah. is his? What is his title? Trust. He's like the executor. Of the executor. Trust. It's a smart executor it decision. <laughs> it is. And you got to kind of wonder if this was not Dylan, if it was another kid, you know, whose dad just got a prison for like on federal racketeering charges, would Jim dissolve the trust? No, he wouldn't. Mm. He absolutely wouldn't. So I yeah. don't think it has anything to do with like, it just makes good business sense for Jim not to dissolve the trust. That's his whole role. So I didn't like that. Agreed. All right. At the Taylor house, they're having an open house. So there's a ton of people there walking around looking at the house. Criticizing all of Jackie's choices. Yes. Who did you think this real estate guy looked like? I He left no impression on me. Really? Yeah. As soon as he walked up, I was like, is John Cleese their real estate oh, guy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he looks I see exactly that now. like him. I see that now. Yeah. So, yeah, so Jackie at first is like, no, I need to stick around. This is important. But then she overhears some ladies just, like, tearing the house a new one. And she's like, let's get out of here. (laughs) She's got to go. So uh, the three of them head out. Back at Jim's office, we got another uh, Jim sweater 
I don't understand yeah. why that's professional attire, but whatever. And uh, Jack and Dylan walk in, and they're ready to they're ready to let him have it. Yeah, Jim's like, "Hi, everybody." Jack McKay's like, "Why don't you shut your mouth, Jim? I don't, <laughs> I don't need niceties from you." Uh, but Jim tells him to sit down, and he's like, "You know what? I decided to sign the papers." He apologizes to both of them. Yeah, for how he acted towards them. Yeah. Uh, then Jack invites Jim to go to dinner, but he declines, and he, they all shake hands and part ways. Everybody's happy. Yeah, and Jack is like, apology accepted, though it wasn't needed, and Dylan's like, well, I don't know about that. But the thing is, it's a tough situation, because I think Jim has been unfair to Jack and unfair to Dylan, but not when it comes to keeping the trust in no, Jack. So it's no. like two separate things going on here. So it was, it was yeah. Yep. Not a fan. Back at the marina, we see that the guys in the van are listening to them eat dinner. <laughs> Kelly and Christine are over for dinner. Kelly, again, notably, is not eating her dinner. She's like, oh, I had a big lunch, and she's not really eating anything. Mm-hmm. Jack yeah. Jack makes a gross comment about how McKay men want their women to be yeah. hearty, or I don't yeah. know how he says it, but I guess it wasn't gross. It was just like, a weird thing to say to your son's girlfriend. I don't right. Know. Yeah. And Dylan's like, well, Kelly, you want to slap him? You're closer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack then toasts each of them individually. Mm-hmm. I forget what he says to Kelly and Dylan, but, uh, but he says to Kelly, like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Cause I've never seen him so happy. Oh yeah. And then Dylan's like, I know what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> again yeah they're so open about their sexual relationships very open yeah so then he toasts christine for being the only woman he, he knows to hold a spoon on her nose for like 10 seconds or something yep. which, the, which she, she then does. yes proceeds to do uh and as she's doing that he proposes which i think is a very cute little scene the way that I all thought works it was out very cute i also thought it was funny that when they uh, when she took the spoon off her nose, it made a suction cup pop. I yeah, I wrote that down. I was like, that's not what happens no. when you take a no. spoon off your nose. Mm-mm. Not at all. <laughs> Still funny though. Uh, Kelly seems super happy for both of them. Dylan, Definitely. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell how he feels. I guess he feels yeah. fine. I think he feels good about it, but I think he probably would have liked a heads up. Yeah, you know, probably. Next scene is at the Taylor house. Uh, a lady is there to make an offer for her client that is very low. Yeah, it's a terrible offer. Very it's like low. hundreds of thousands of dollars below what she wanted. Yes. And so th- Jackie and the realtor are off to the side kind of discussing it. Kelly walks up and is like, oh, good. Let's just let's just not sell it. Yeah, let's then. not sell it. Let's not sell it. And she is off to meet Dylan at the boat to go out on the water. Um, then the agent, I, I, I think he is uh, trying to get Jackie to take it. Yeah, I think he's saying, look, it's the only offer we got. So it could be this or nothing. Yeah. On the boat, Dylan wants to go out on the water, despite, I guess, the weather is supposed to be bad or something. It's yeah. rainy. I I'll, I kind of wondered if they added some of that dialogue in because it was so, like, crappy oh, yeah. outside. You yeah. Know, I had that feeling. Yeah. 
So he kind of walks away and Kelly looks out the window and there's a guy standing on the dock who's just like watching the boat with yeah. binoculars. Very obviously watching the boat. And she calls Dylan back over and is like, that guy was watching me. And he says, guys looking at you is the price you pay for being so beautiful. Yeah. And then. Again, not a great, <laughs> yeah. not a great look. Yeah. And then he like pretends that he's going to like go out and yeah, beat the guy up. Dare you. I'll yeah. the crap out of him. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of cute. It was a funny scene. Yeah. Next scene is at the Walsh house. Brandon now lost five hundred dollars. He's yep. losing a chunk down. of change. He's down, folks. Steve is once again there to say, "I told you so." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he tries to give Brandon some money so that he can yeah. pay it off. Right. Yeah. Um, and. As they're arguing about this, Jim walks in. I guess he had been playing racquetball, so he's very sore from racquetball. And they kind of hide the money that they were tossing between them. And Steve is like, oh, does your dad not know? And Brandon's like, no, of course he doesn't know. (laughs) Cindy and Brenda are in the living room practicing self-defense. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, they're just doing moves slowly and yelling no. Saying no. No, no. Yes. Yeah. Once again, excellent windbreaker outfits. In oh, this, yes. In this oh, scene. Yeah. Yes. Top notch. Very yep. on point. Um, Jim is like watching them practice and then he makes a karate kid. Uh, he tells he tells Brenda to wash the car and then he makes yeah. a wax on wax off yep. joke, yep. which they don't get at all. They no, act they like they've never heard that before. I know. And he's like the karate kid. And they're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> Um, Which is kind of funny because Hillary Swank, who's the karate kid in number three, is going to be a series regular. That's true. So that's true. You know, I think I saw the third one first. I don't think that I've ever seen the third one. I saw the, the, the classic two and I saw the Jaden Smith one, but I don't think I ever saw it's the kind of intense. Hillary Swank. The, yeah. What I remember is like a guy just like constantly beating up Hillary Swank. Like yeah. this guy at her school is like bullying her and constantly oh. like hitting her. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I remember. But it's been a very long time since I saw that. You know one. what? When we get to the Hillary Swank era, maybe we should do a special episode on the next <gasps> Karate Kid. Let's do it. Okay. Did you see the one with uh, uh, Will Smith's son? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it mm-hmm. good? Yeah, it was pretty good actually. It was uh, yeah, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. Oh yeah, it's fun. I can't go wrong. One. Can't go wrong with Jackie Chan. No. You can't. can't. You definitely can't. Okay, so while uh, Jim was out... Uh, no, let's keep talking about the karate kid. <laughs> Cindy let's says see. he got a call uh, that the papers are ready, all ready yeah. to uh, dissolve Dylan's trust. Great. Uh, Cindy, or, yeah, Cindy says that he is doing the right thing, and Brenda overhears this conversation and immediately goes to talk to Brandon and is like, oh, I guess Dylan's about to be really rich. How much money is it? Like $10 million or something? Have we ever heard? I don't actually know. She said a number here, but I can't remember mm. how much she said. Oh, yeah. She's like, if you had blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What would you, yeah I'm I don't, pretty I don't sure she much. said $10 million, which is, that is a lot of it's money. a crazy amount of money, yeah. <laughs> that is a lot. Um, And she is worried that this money is going to change him. Not that they're talking. Right. I mean, it would almost certainly have to. You suddenly have $10 million. Yeah. All right. Back on the boat. Dylan and Kelly making out. Yes, they are. Boy. This is With like, a, 
everything they say is just like very sexual. It's very sexual, yes. He's like, do you want me for my money or my mind? And she says he she wants him for his body. He again yeah. asks her to stay the night and she says, no, she's got to leave. Her mom wouldn't like that. And he says... I have says, an indelicate question for you, Kendra. Okay, go ahead. Have they done I the deal I don't know. I don't know. I feel like no. I don't... I, it seems like no. But because sometimes he, he, I think Yes. Well, yeah, sometimes. I mean, they certainly act like it, but it just seems like we've had enough scenes of him trying to get her to stay around. I don't know. But then even in the scene, she was like, so I only have an hour. Yeah. So, yeah I don't say. know. But All he right. says that she needs a dose of Dr. McKay. Yeah. Dr. McKay. A dose of Dr. McKay's bedside manner, <laughs> which made the metaphor a little confusing. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, back at self-defense class, Cindy is uh, doing an example no. for the class. Yeah, no. she does great. And then Brenda's up, and the the lady's like following her around, acting like a guy who's messing with her, and she does a good job defending herself. And then I they talk about the know. the A's of self-defense, which are yeah. avoidance, awareness, and assertion. Mm-hmm. That's all for that. Makes scene. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. You don't know what. I don't. I, well, I just don't fully understand what we're trying to say with the self-defense storyline. I was kind of wondering. Well, but that doesn't play out. When we first were doing this, I was like, something's going to happen with Dylan and they're going to have to like self-defense against someone. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's still coming. Maybe yeah, we're going to see them defend themselves. It didn't I mean it would make sense if it was right on the heels of Brenda's whole thing. Uh but yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was unusual. So I guess we'll just see where it goes because it certainly doesn't seem to have much meaning within the episode. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Back on the boat, Jack asked Dylan if he's okay with him marrying Christine. <laughs> right. Belatedly. And uh he He's like, yeah, I'm good with it. And then he starts to be like, there's so many things I wish I could tell you. Like, I need to be yeah. up front with what's going on. And the guys who are listening are like. <laughs> like ripping their headphones yeah. off. <laughs> They're like, we got to stop this. Shut up. Shut and up. Like, the captain walks in. Yeah. And uh, interrupts them. And then tell after Dylan leaves, tells Jack he needs to keep his mouth shut or neither one of them will come out of this alive. Threats. All this, I think, becomes confusing once we figure out what's going on. But we'll get there. It does. It does. Yeah. We'll get there. At the Peach Pit, David is there waiting for Donna. And Nat makes a joke about him paying rent, I guess, because he's been sitting in the seat for so long. Yeah. Nat's classic one-liner. Yep. Steve enters and tries to ignore David, but then David goes over to him and apologizes again for what he did. And you know what? Steve decides he's going to forgive him. He understands that he had to do what he had to do. Look, I don't really understand why they didn't just, like, tell, you know, Curtis and all the people at the record company, yeah, Steve's out, but just have Steve still be in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just... Be like, oh, okay, yeah, Steve's not part of this. But then still have Steve be sort of like... I don't know if Steve would have gone for that. Maybe not. Maybe not. But if I think he would have been pragmatic enough to know that it's either that or you're out. Like, it's either we get the deal or we don't. But, yeah, I kind of wish they would have done something like that. But anyway. Agreed. 
Um, so they have that conversation. Then Duke walks in. Hey, Duke. And Brandon uh, is visibly short. nervous. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so he tells Duke that he is short. He doesn't yeah. have enough money to pay it off. And Duke says, you know what? He's going to let him slide. But he says his clients only get off the hook once. Holds up one finger. But in a really awkward way. Yeah. Did you notice that? He's like, how <laughs> he many did. times do I look? Yep. He's like, his hand's like backwards. You guys, listeners, you can't see what we're doing. We're, we... both, <laughs> we're both miming how Duke was saying what. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I got to say, I got to say, I can't remember this actor's name, but I thought he did a really good job of being threatening. Yeah. Because scene, he's you know, kind because... of come off as this nice guy up until yeah. now. Yeah, but he really uh, he really turns it there. He really does, where he's like, uh, you're a nice kid, but listen to me. <laughs> Billy Vera. Billy Vera is the actor's name. He's not afraid it's to a, break all of Brandon's no. fingers. Uh-uh. No. It's just a good, I just thought it was a good acting choice yeah. that he did. The way Nat, he was threatened is very believable. I agree. Nat kind of sees, he doesn't see the conversation, but afterwards he's like, are you okay? And Brandon's like, yeah, it's fine. And It's almost like this Nat is, doesn't is push all it. Nat's fault. Almost. At the Taylor house, David comes into Kelly's room and tells her that he and Steve kind of made up, I guess. Jackie comes in and says she turned down the offer. Have you, you've seen the, uh, this is so random, but you've seen um, the Christmas Carol that I like, right? The George C. Scott version. I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh, man. Well, Jackie looks like the ghost of christmas past and i can't Maybe it's her it's not okay i'm pretty sure it's not but i can't <laughs> i can't not see it every time i look at her so that's hilarious yeah then as they're talking aaron starts crying and jackie remarks that they have a wonderful family the four of them yeah and i hope nothing bad ever more bad ever happens to the four of them because i, I like the four of them together so much I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I think it's so interesting that Angela Espy, who plays Jackie Taylor and all this, um, quit acting and is just an Episcopal priest now. What? Yeah. No. It's true. What? She's an Episcopal priest. She doesn't act anymore. That is funny. It is. Another thing that's funny is in the scene where they're talking about Steve... Kelly's like, oh, Steve will get over it. He's not one to hold the grudge. And I'm like, what show are you watching? Because I know. She said that and I was like, major. are you? I was like, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, it's a nice thought, but Steve most definitely holds a grudge. Look at this, pre- look at this priest picture of her. I know. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't she, look anything yeah. like her. That's crazy. Yeah, well. And you know what? She was not the ghost of Christmas past. I'm sorry to tell you. I know she wasn't, but she looks like her. Well, I thought it was possible. (laughs) All right. Back on the boat. Jack. Oh, uh, it's She was on an episode of TJ Hooker. That's all. I just wanted to mention. Oh, okay. Angela was on an episode of TJ Hooker opposite (laughs) William Shatner. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, so it's still nighttime, and Dylan's getting ready to go to sleep, and Jack comes in to say he has to go in very early in the morning for business, so he might not see him in the morning, which Dylan is very skeptical about what this business is. Yeah, what business, Jack? Um, But then Jack is like, hey, you know what I used to do to help you go to sleep? (laughs) And he starts singing, take me out to the ball game. It's intense. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dylan Dylan's is like, like, help me. Yeah. He's like yelling out the window and out the door. And then he joins in to the singing. Yeah, in, a, in the total wrong key. Yeah. But he does, he does join yeah. in eventually. But I thought it was like, I feel like this was probably like improv And yeah. I, th- I thought it was funny. I thought, it, I was thought it was funny too. That hug. That yes. Hug and then they hug. It really was. It really was. I'm not it, even joking. No, I'm not joking either. Jack like pulls him into this hug, and Dylan is like pretty shocked by it. Kind of melts, kind of melts into it. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice moment. It really is. But it's short lived, Nick, because uh, we see outside in the dark a car pulls up, and someone puts a bomb underneath Jack's car. Yes. So the next morning, Dylan comes out onto the deck. And the neighbor is like, hey, tell your dad he needs to move his car because they will give tickets on the weekend. And Dylan's like, oh, I'll move it. So he goes, gets the keys, and he's going to move the car. As this is happening, Jack um, gets a phone call from Kelly. So he's looking for Dylan, and he catches Dylan right as he's about to put the keys into the door. Yeah. Dylan runs back, and he's like, hey, Kelly's on the phone. I'll move the car. Mm-hmm. So Dylan's. And they on- have a cute little thing. It's raining, you know, and Jack has an umbrella. And he's like, hey, what are dads for? And Dylan's like, umbrellas. Yeah. Takes the umbrella, <laughs> talking to Kelly. Yeah, so he's talking to Kelly. Kelly just was calling to say hi. And he hangs up the phone. And it's like the, the camera. He's like facing away. But yeah. the camera is showing him and the car at the same time. And the car blows up. And yeah. Dylan is screaming at the top of his yes. lungs and, and it's very good acting from it's Luke so good what it i didn't like is they like took the same first scream he did and they replayed it twice which i mm. thought was really noticeable mm. but um his reaction is yeah is great it's He's just so like, it is it is it is and that's Kendra? the end of the episode when we started this podcast, before we were talking about it, I said 90210 has a few of the most shocking moments of any show that I've ever seen. This was one of the ones that I was thinking about. I was shocked. I'm so glad I didn't know that this was coming. In 1993, when I watched this, I was just like, <laughs> I just couldn't. it was just too much. I just could not deal with it. Like <laughs> I, I was completely shocked by it. And it's funny because, I remember the whole like Jack, Christine, Dylan, Kelly thing playing out over a much longer time. So mm. I guess it's just a difference between watching it episodically week by week and doing two a week. Right. But I was really surprised when the episode started. I was like, oh, we're here already. Wow. OK. You know, because it was just such a huge deal. Well, I was shocked. And yeah, I mean, good. I was like, they're not going to they're not going to kill Dylan. I was like, right. maybe they're going to like have him get injured or something. But yeah. I did not think that they were just going to straight up yeah. kill him. I know. So I was, I was shocked. And I think Luke Perry's acting in this scene is very good. I think so too. I think so I think too. I think he went for it. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any complaints about this episode. I, I think it's a, pretty, it's a pretty strong episode. I think so too. Right. I think everyone has like stuff they're doing. Yep. Um, I think that, you know, all the stuff with Jack and Dylan is, is really good. Um, I mean, even the self-defense class, if it pays off, yeah, eventually yeah. that would be, uh, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 
even that stuff I thought was fine. I think even just showing like Donna and Brenda are getting yeah. closer. True. So True. Yeah. Well, I mean, 90210 snap is pretty obvious oh, yeah. what our 90210 <laughs> snap is going to be. The final shots of the episode. But yeah, good one. I've been waiting for this one. That was great. I texted you as soon as I watched I know, it. I, I know. I like, know. Oh my goodness. Yep. <laughs> that was crazy. Yep. 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 All right. Should we move on to the next episode? Let's do it. The child is father to the man. The child is father to the man. The synopsis is, after Jack is killed in a mob-related car bombing, Dylan struggles with his inner self, urging him back to old drinking habits before he learns the shocking truth about his father's parole. Meanwhile, Kelly continues to be obsessed with losing weight. Jim asks Dylan to stay at the Walsh house for a while to avoid reporters following his every move. Steve turns down giving any more recording advice to David, who struggles with meeting with Curtis Bay and Serge Mankin for a recording session on the day of Jack McKay's funeral. And Brandon's losing streak continues as his betting continues. <laughs> that was that wasn't well written. <laughs> he's still betting and he's still losing. <laughs> well, I didn't write that one, so you can't blame me. All right. So this week the episode's directed by James Whitmore Jr., written by Karen Rosen and Charles Rosen. Uh, a few fun facts here. First of all, this episode is one of the ones that featured Love Is by Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight, or so I'm told, because I certainly didn't hear it. Did you? I did not hear it. Do you think it's at okay. the end? I don't know really when else it would be. Because there's right? like music during that part, like an actual oh, that's true. song during that part. So Yeah. Huh. It's possible because it is a very noticeable song. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's when it was. Um, also, I did not pick up on this, but Kendra pointed out that when Dylan leaves with Brandon's car in the episode, the license plate switches numbers. Yeah, so, I found that on IMDb. Like. IMDb had a random fun fact uh, about okay. Also, the synopsis was from IMDb, so I didn't write that poorly okay. worded sentence either. I just want to Well, I just want to put do? that out there. What are you going to do? IMDb was probably <laughs> I can't remember I can't remember to use Jim's catchphrase, but it's so ridiculous oh, I can't remember. To his, up to his earlobes ear and, and alligators. IMDb is probably just up to their earlobes and alligators. <laughs> Didn't have time to write a good synopsis. <laughs> anyway, Valerie Wildman, Raymond, and Raymond O'Connor return as Christine and Curtis Bray. Stephen Rowe is uh, making his first of two appearances as Serge Mankin. Uh, he has several appearances in the Law & Order franchise. More notable roles include recurring on Marvel's Daredevil and the CBS show Blue Bloods. I'm not uh, caught up on Daredevil. We, no. uh, we've kind of stalled on the most recent yeah. season so violent i just can't take it i think the newest season has been very boring but really? it's been like huh. daredevil he can't he's such a broken person so it's uh, just like he's not uh, doing uh, anything he's just okay. recovering all right anyway continue sure we also have tim anderson as young dylan this is his only major role huh. and finally we have luke perry as dark dylan <laughs> Uh, Luke Perry voiced the character of Sub-Zero in the animated series Mortal Kombat, Defenders of the Realm. Huh. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, did you, in this episode, Dark yes. Dylan, I call him Other Dylan in my oh. Oh, talking. Okay. So All when right. I say Other Dylan, that's what I mean. But um, okay. he wears a hat that says BH. Yeah. What does that mean? Beverly Hills. Just Beverly Hills? I don't know. I assume it was like a baseball team, like mm. Beverly Hills. All right. 
I thought Beverly Hills. I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought Beverly Hills, but then I was I was like, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway. All right, we start the episode with remembering what happened. Uh, I, and we find that uh, Dylan is dreaming about what happened, about him taking the call and his uh, the car blowing up and everything. And he wakes up from his dream and he sits up and there is other Dylan or Dark Dylan. Or Dark Dylan. Yeah. Dark also Dylan. Played by, uh, played by guest star Luke Perry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's sitting there and he's... So this this starts he talks to himself throughout the whole thing. So Dark yeah. Dylan is like uh we're going to be dreaming about this forever. Like better get used to it. Dark Dylan's a bad seed. Yeah. And but Definitely. regular Dylan, he's like doing this like scared like crying face in yeah. this scene that I also thought was very good acting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Luke Perry's really solid. And I mean he always is, but I feel like last episode and this episode in particular he really yeah uh, he rings out every he drop. found a level yeah really does yeah yep at the peach pit david is trying to get advice from steve about what to do uh about his i think because the funeral he wants to go to the funeral but they want him to record on that day yeah, right um and steve is like listen I'm not giving you advice so stop <laughs> asking me yeah. because I was cut out uh, everyone is watching the news about, you know, what happened and uh, the reporters are just all over Dylan's front yard. And but then Steve is like, Andrea, did you call him? And she's like, I don't know what to say. I feel like all of his friends, except for Brenda and Brandon, are kind of dumb in this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Steve, I guess, is OK. But if your friend's dad suddenly died. Wouldn't you go over and see him or call yeah, him? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not like David, for example. It's not that David and Dylan are super close. Right. But, like, they are kind of like a group. And, right. you know, with Kelly and David's, like, sibling relationship and Kelly being Dylan's girlfriend, it seems like even more, like, David should be there for that or do something for it, you know? Yeah. Forgive At him. Dylan's house. Dylan is trying to call his mom and dark Dylan is there talking to him uh, and, you know, pestering him about what's she mm-hmm. going to do? What are you going to yep. tell her? And Kelly is also there and she's, I, I don't know. She, she, she comes off as a little useless, but she also says she feels useless later. She's just like, are yeah. you okay? Like she doesn't really know what to do. Well, it's just because I really liked it. I really liked the way that they, that, Kelly's like response and her her role in how this all plays out, I think makes perfect sense because like they don't have a super deep relationship yet, mm. you know, and she was never a part of things when Jack was there before. Like she's never seen the bad stuff. She just is not equipped to deal with this. And then, of course, I mean, she's going through all of this stuff like on her own with Mel and Jackie and everything. So I really liked the way that Kelly was well, just out of her depth. To disagree, Kelly drove me insane in this episode. I was like, why is she acting like this? Yeah. I thought she acted really selfishly throughout the whole episode. Yeah, but I, I think it makes sense. It, I, it was I guess, annoying. but it was annoying. It was annoying. It was, but I but I get it. Okay. Well, there's a knock on the door, and Dylan kind of is just like, ugh, goes in the other room, and Kelly answers the door, and it's Jim. He's, oh. he's there to talk to Dylan and to ask him to come and stay at their house. Um. Which he's like, I don't think Brenda wants me there. And he says, actually, 
she's the one who told me to come get you. <laughs> so Brenda is extending extending an olive branch to Dylan in this time of crisis, which Kelly is listening to this conversation. And in my head, I was like, why isn't Kelly inviting Dylan to stay at her house? Yeah. She has a house. She does. With a family in it. I think it's just, I mean, he... Dylan has no connect. I mean, can we, has have Dylan and Jackie ever like been in the same scene together? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just don't think there's much there. But he's been kind of a de facto member of the Walsh family, and Brandon's his best friend. Like, yeah. I get, I, I get, get why it. Kelly wouldn't think to do it. Yeah, but it does put her in an awkward place. Yeah. So they they then walk out of the house. The news people are just you know hounding them as they're walking to the car. Yeah. Dylan, Dylan doesn't give any comments. Um, and they get in the car you know and drive you know off. I thought that was kind of a cool scene because normally we just get establishing shots of like Dylan's house, but they were clearly shooting on location here and they like walked up the front door, which was cool because I don't think we'd ever like seen that. So yeah, I that's that true. Shot. That was cool. That's true. Yeah, they like followed them through the crowd of, yeah. of yep. reporters. As they're driving off, we see that the guy who was the first mate on the boat is there watching the house, talking on the phone, talking about, what do you want me to do? Kidnap him in front of all these reporters? Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think is confusing, considering what we're it about is. to learn. It's very confusing. At the Walsh house, Brenda is pacing, waiting for them to arrive. Brandon is trying to get her to eat some ice cream, but she declines. Uh, Jim walks in, and they're like, where's Dylan? And he's like, he's standing in the back. He's looking at the backyard. <laughs> so Brandon goes out t- to talk to him in the backyard and uh, takes his bags. And Dylan is talking about, he makes some comment about how his backyard always looks the same. Mm-hmm. But it's different now. Like his backyard yeah. looks the same, but everything is different or something yeah, they like were that. Yeah, go- they're going for something there. I don't know how. Yeah much it worked brenda then comes out and uh gets them to come inside because it is cold they're setting up a bed in brandon's room and they're trying to convince dylan to go to the funeral i guess he wasn't planning on going to the funeral brenda then apologizes to dylan that it uh took her a whole day to uh you know to get jim to go get him to come over but also like what the heck brandon yeah why does, it have, why does Brenda have to make that yeah. decision anyway? Like, Brandon should have been on. I feel like Brandon should have been the one to go get him. Brandon's you know? not himself but lately. That's well. He's up to his... <laughs> not remember. Earlobes. <laughs> he's up to his earlobes and alligators with all of his bets. You know? Like, he's he's gambling away his whole life. And he's clearly <laughs> obsessed with that. So I think it's just distracting him. Um. Then she she like takes Dylan's hand and says that it's it's gonna be okay. So I what I do like is that we do see there is a difference with how he is with Brenda and Kelly. Yes, like yeah. Brenda is that person who he can yeah. rely on for these things. So yeah. I did I did like that juxtaposition of the two. I really liked all of the all of the Brenda Dillon scenes I thought were so good like I thought it was really good use of their relationship and it wasn't like retreading things we've already done and it wasn't like oh let's have them fall in love again I think it was just a really natural extension of the relationship that we've seen from them that this would be how they would be with each other at this point I just thought that was really well done 
I agree. Hey, Nick, I'm looking up up to your, up to one's earlobes and alligators. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, this is on idioms.thefreedictionary.com. So okay. what do we got? Uh, and this says up to one's neck and alligators, but it says it's a business adage. The full expression in some variation, when you're up to your neck and alligators, it's easy to forget that the goal was to drain the swamp. Huh. It is it is easy to be so overcome or preoccupied by various tangential worries, problems, or mm-hmm. tasks that one loses sight of the ultimate goal or objective. I see. So I that see. makes sense. Yeah, you're fighting off the alligators instead of draining the swamp. <laughs> yeah. Got it. And so it's a real saying. It's a real yeah. saying. Okay. Now we know. <laughs> All right. At the Taylor house, Kelly is talking about how she felt useless. She didn't know what to do. And Donna's like, you've never been in this situation before. Like Donna's I'm, great in this episode. Like everything. She Donna says is Kelly. the only <laughs> logical person in this she episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. David walks in and is asking Donna if she's going to stay for dinner. They're having meatloaf and mashed potatoes, which sounds delicious to me. But Kelly yeah. makes a comment about how it's too fattening. It's class. It's too like uh, stereotypical or something like she that. She says as well. like vintage or yeah, 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 something like that. Old fashioned, something mm-hmm. like that. David gets another call from his producer and turns out he couldn't reschedule their mm. recording. He's he's not telling the producer that he has to go to a funeral because he's trying not to make yeah. demands as a new yeah. artist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Donna is very unhappy about this. Yeah. Uh, that he isn't making this a priority. And Kelly, uh, they all go down to dinner except Kelly. She's not going to eat dinner. At the Walsh House, Brandon is watching the game in his room, and he uh, is losing again. He's going to lose another bet. But he says that he'll bounce back at any point. Mm -hmm. He then leaves so that Dylan can go to sleep. Uh, Then we cut to Dylan up in the middle of the night, and he's walking downstairs, goes into the living room, and Dark Dylan is there drinking. Which, Mm -hmm. if the Walsh is new... That Dylan was yeah, coming. I thought the same. Why thing. wouldn't they hide the alcohol or lock, lock it away? It up, lock it in, it in their bedroom. bedroom. Whatever. Yeah. Just leave it out yeah. in the open for him to. That's a real dumb mistake. I'm actually kind of surprised that Brenda didn't think of it. Yeah. You know, maybe not Jim and Cindy, but I feel like Brenda would have been on that. Yeah. Because she's brought she... it up before. Yeah, she's she knows. Before, she knows what know? happens when you know. He gets in bad like situations. Like two weeks ago or whatever with Kelly, she was like, you know, the last time Jack was here, he upset him and Dylan ran right for the bottle. Yeah. You know, so it seems like Brenda would have been on it, but guess not. Well, Dark Dylan is there and he's like, hey, come drink. What are you going to do? Call your sponsor? And, uh, you know, he's making fun of him. <laughs> what an a-hole that Dark Dylan is. <laughs> he really right? is. And he's you know like, you can either... About it. Every- Every time we transition to a scene with Dark Dylan, the music that comes in so hot and heavy is very <laughs> Melrose Place music. I feel ah. like it is Melrose Place music that they're playing there. Because Maybe. It, every time it happened, I was like, what? Michael? Sydney? You know. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, Melrose Placey to the max. Uh, so Dark Dylan is like, you can either go through this stone cold sober or feeling no pain. Yeah. And uh, Dylan makes the wrong decision. Oh my gosh, he like unhinges his jaw like a cobra and <laughs> takes so much 
one drink. I don't know how he did that. I know. He uh, he did. Yeah. So here we go. We're back to Dylan drinking. Dark Dylan and drunk Dylan. Yep. That next morning, everyone is up for breakfast except for Dylan. And I mm-hmm. guess it's the it's the day of the funeral. Brenda yep. is wearing this pinstriped black suit a lot that of weird I hated. Choices. Yeah. I Cindy's hated outfit doesn't make a lot of sense to me for funeral wear either. Mm. She had was like she a wearing blue... that like colorful yes. scarf? Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of a weird choice. Yeah. They decide uh, to let Dylan sleep. They don't know that he was up drinking. Yeah, but um, also his they did a they're reading the newspaper and he's like on the the cover. Yeah, and the newspaper suggests a whole bunch of stuff about Jack, but also that Dylan might be next. Yeah, uh, to be targeted by the mob or whatever. Which is pretty irresponsible. I feel like for a reporter to be making yeah. claims like that. Yeah, pretty irresponsible. Shoddy reporter. Shit. Yes. Agreed. But they decide they're not going to show Dylan this newspaper. Good choice. I could have said journalism, but I went with reportership. Yeah. Reportership. Sure. (laughs) It's a thing. Look it up on that Urban Dictionary. It's got to be on there. (laughs) At the Taylor house. Oh, this scene. Kelly is like, I feel sick. I'm not going to the funeral. (laughs) I know. You took a drink. You took a drink right as. I I almost spit it all out. (laughs) I felt sad. She's not going to the funeral of her boyfriend's father listen that this is where i was like all right kelly but i love i love that robe she's wearing i do yeah it's so comfy it it looks looks very soft yeah yeah so david is also there and he's like i have to go to the recording studio right after the funeral and donna is like you two need to get (laughs) your crap together (laughs) she's seconds away from grabbing him each by the earlobe (laughs) being like come on So yeah, so she she gets Kelly to to go. Yes. To the funeral. Yep. At the Welsh house. Dylan is getting ready. Man, my heart just broke for him in this scene. He's like putting on his tie and trying not to cry and I, I just felt so Again, sad for him. A lot of all of his like nonverbal acting, I feel like, is just top notch in this whole episode. It's just great. Agreed. So Brenda walks in to, to the bathroom to find him and uh, they have this little scene where Dylan is like noticing that there's no more pictures of him mm. in her room. Yeah, and she says that, you know, she packed them away in a box. And he says that if none of this had happened, he wouldn't be welcome at her mm. house. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, I'm just going to be this girl that you knew in high school. And he is like, no way. No Not way, Bren. Ever. And they have this nice hug. And then, such a good scene. And then she helps him tie his tie. Very cute. I thought it was very I nice. It. I liked it a lot. Kind of an epilogue on the Dylan Brenda yeah. situation. Yes. Oh. At the funeral, Dylan is... Uh, the funeral hasn't started. He's like in a different room and he's just looking at the urn with his father's yep. remains. Dark Dylan is there and he's like, how do we even know that's him in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dark Dylan. I know. Jim comes in to Always say that they're they're ready to start and they've asked if Dylan wants to say a few words. So mm-hmm. if he wants to, he needs to, you know, decide if he wants to do that. Yep. The funeral begins David, Donna, and Kelly walk in late, and Kelly notices that Dylan is sitting with 
the Walsh family and next to Brenda specifically. And so they just sit in the back because uh, they relate. And the, uh, the which is, I mean, it is. It's on her. It's her responsibility to like go to him yes. on this day. You know yes. what I mean? Like, there's nothing that he's. See, that's the it. stuff I I'm totally talking about. She's just not secure about this relationship. You know, yeah. that's the thing. She, but I she think should still be. Thinks... Yeah, I but... think she should be more that's... secure than this. Is not the time to be weird about her relationship. Her her job here know. should just be to be there for dylan right now i agree i totally agree that that is what her job should be but i think that she's always every time dylan has like quote chosen her it's been a time when brenda's not available yeah. you know and at a time like this where dylan has like really specific deeply emotional needs she doesn't have that kind of shorthand with him like brenda does and so i totally get it i totally get it yeah all right so we also see that the guy who was talking about kidnapping Dylan, who was on the yes. boat. He is also there at the yes. funeral. Uh, as the funeral is going on, dark Dylan is there and they're like, Dylan, do you want to say anything? And he's like, what are you going to say? Huh? What are you going to say about him? Yeah. <laughs> and so Dylan decides not to say anything at the funeral. After the funeral, the gang is hanging out, uh, at the funeral home waiting for Dylan to come out so they can leave. David is wanting, he's like, Donna, I have to go. Can you just say goodbye for me? And she's like, no, (laughs) I really like Donna in this episode. She she is good in this episode. Yeah. Kelly and Christine are saying goodbye. Kelly's like, well, we're probably not going to see each other again. Yeah. Brenda then walks up and, make sure that Kelly knows that she's invited to this after party that they're yeah, having the reception that yeah. they're having I don't at think the you call Walsh it an house. After party, no, yeah. not an after party. <laughs> um, Jim comes out and says that Dylan is just going to the bathroom and then he'll be ready mm-hmm. to go. So then we see Dylan going into the bathroom and there's the first mate. I'm calling him the first mate. I don't know his name. He follows him in there. Yeah. So he like follows him in the bathroom and he's like, you're going to get a call in two hours. Do what it says. Mm-hmm. Very cryptic. It is. David walks in and interrupts this because he's trying to say goodbye to Dylan. Yeah. And Dylan's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like goes out in the hall to look for this guy and can't find him. At the Walsh house, uh, Brenda, again, crazy outfit now she's taking the jacket off and it's like this poofy (laughs) thing brandon and steve are going outside to shoot hoops they asked dylan to come but he says no brenda is worried that dylan is going to be the next target Mm -hmm. kelly is eating chips which she says she doesn't like but she's so nervous that she can't stop eating them so salty and she's also says she's telling donna that she's worried about dylan and brenda being under the same roof <laughs> donna says that kelly is acting weird so yes which she is yes and then dylan sees dark dylan again holding booze because they at this thing have a whole thing a whole tray yeah. with all the alcohol you could ever want it's insane that they would do that crazy at the recording studio, the producers are like, yeah, it's going to be another hour till we can get in the studio. And uh-huh. David's like, I mean, I left a funeral to be here. Yeah. 
And they're like, at first they're like, I was confused by their reaction because they're like, why didn't you tell us? But then Serge yeah. has this whole speech about creative synergy. Yeah. I thought it was a weird speech it was, that I didn't really it was understand. It kind of a weird transition. Yeah. I think they're just manipulating him, you know. Yeah, I think so too. Back at the Walsh house, everyone is outside playing basketball. Like everyone, including like Andrea sure. is out there yeah. playing basketball. And Dark Dylan is there telling Dylan that these aren't really his friends and they don't mm-hmm. really like him. And um, then Kelly, he, uh, Kelly and Dylan have a little scene where she asks if it's weird being there at that house yeah. because they haven't been there in a while. Mm-hmm. Kelly then mentions the article. She's like, and Which... I didn't believe anything in that article in the newspaper. Yeah. And all the Walshes had made this pact to not let Dylan see the article. And she just, like, tosses it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Which she didn't know, but... No, she didn't know. Yeah. It is, But it's kind of a tactless thing to bring up, too. But I, I, again, I think it makes sense. So he calls for Brandon. You know, he's like, hey, where's the paper? And Brandon's like, well, well, what's a newspaper? I don't even... <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> should, should I get one of those? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Let me write it down. Newspaper? <laughs> so then kelly is apologizing and he's like why did you write the article and he walks away classic i love it dark dylan is again inside the house offering uh alcohol to just dylan booze just everywhere 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 so he's alone in the living room and it looks like he's about to drink again and david walks in and he is like yeah i told them that i had this thing and um he, he says that he doesn't think Dylan likes him very much, mm-hmm. which Dylan then says that he doesn't really know him very yeah. well. And then David brings up, like, I know what you're going through a little bit because after Scott died, you know, it was awful. And yeah, David, um, David saw it happen just like Dylan did. And it's like a dream you can't wake up from. And, you know, yeah. it really like connects with Dylan. Yeah. And this kind of, uh, snaps dylan out of it and he's like let's let's go get some air and he looks back and dark dylan is gone he's gone he's evaporated cindy then gets dylan to eat but as he's about to eat some food he gets a phone call from uncle frank Mm, interesting yeah and uh kelly walks in on this phone call and he's like what do you want okay i'll meet you at this place so he gets Brandon to, well, Kelly's then trying to talk to him. She's yeah. like, I need well, to talk much, to you. It's very clear from what she overheard that it's a dangerous situation. Yeah. She doesn't do a whole lot to stop him. You know? No, no. He's like, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> so he gets Brandon to drive his car around the corner to pick him up mm-hmm. so that the reporters don't see him leaving. And Brandon wants to come with him, but Dylan's like, nah, man. Got to do this on my own. Next time, D. Okay, D. (laughs) So Dylan goes to meet these guys. And as he pulls into a parking spot, Dark Dylan is in the car with him again. Yeah. And he's like, let's go to Baja. I don't want to die. We can be in Baja. But he's like, no, he's going to meet these guys. Yep. So he's at the, I don't know what place this is. There's like a, a Mexican restaurant and there's yeah. like a lot of shops. It's like a, it's like an it's alleyway. Yeah. 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 And Dylan meets up with this guy just in the middle of the street. Who's like, Hey, mm-hmm. come over here. And he's like, no, 
we're doing this in daylight with people around. And then the guy shows him a badge. Yeah. Which I don't know, was it an FBI badge? It was some sort of badge. Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly. So they go into this abandoned building. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy who was the first the mate yeah. on the boat is there. And he's like, this conversation never took place. We never met here to talk about what we're about to talk about. Yeah. And then from around the corner comes Christine. What a reveal. Who was also working with them. Yes. So then we find out, correct me if I'm wrong on this, that Jack was working with the cops yes. to try and lure a crime boss to the boat? Yes, yes, but I don't understand why he needed Dylan's money to I do that either. if he's working with the police. I don't either. Like, I think the cops or the FBI or whatever would just give him the money and to use in like a sting operation. I don't think it's like, right. all right, we're going to get you out of jail and you're going to set up a sting operation, but you need to have $10 million. You need to have like all that, your son's trust fund money. doesn't make any sense. That, it's very murky. And I also don't really get the phone, like who Jack is talking to a lot of the time. Like, is I don't it, either. Is, it, is he talking is it, to the crime boss or is he talking to the guy who was the captain? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think he must be talking to the crime boss about like lying through his teeth to get the money. But then one time he's like, I did my part. You better hold up your end of the deal, which seems like that is a conversation with the police. Right. It's confusing. And it is confusing. the reason it doesn't, it's not a good enough reason for him to need Dylan's money because it seems no, it's like not. they would provide him with money. Or whatever. It feels to me, it feels to me a little, kind of like with the Mel thing. It feels a little bit like a pivot. Yeah. You know, where they like, maybe they just couldn't do it. Maybe they just couldn't do it to Dylan to like have his dad be bad again. You know? Well, the point is that they're having this meeting because Jack cut a deal that any if anything happened to him, they would tell Dylan that he was sure. on the okay. right side of the law. Yeah. And we find out, you know, Christine has been a part of this the whole time, which Jack knew, though. Jack knew. Yes. Yes. They both were working. But then she, like, actually fell in love with him and she was going yeah. to resign. Yeah. Like, that part was, like, the, the proposal and everything was real and genuine from both of them. Uh, it just kind of sprung out of the assignment they were on. So, on the one hand, it makes sense why Jack got out of prison with no warning. You know, it was just like... yeah. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden Jack's out of prison. Like, that makes sense a little bit. But it is hard to trace, like, the line of logic between what's happening to the ultimate end that we get there. Yes. But I guess, ultimately, I'm glad that it turned out that Jack wasn't. I am, too. I'm manipulating Dylan again. I agree. But I'm not sure that that really makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway. Dylan kind of yells at them about, yeah. like... How did you let this happen? If right. you were working with him, how did you let this happen? And mm -hmm. they're like, we messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> so, yeah. So they have this conversation. He gets back in the car and Dark Dylan is there asking, like, do you really trust these guys? And is, again, trying to get him to drink. And finally, Dylan is just yelling at Dark Dylan. And he's like, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to. I'm going to handle this like an adult and not like a 12 year old. 
and he looks over and it's not his current self in it anymore. Yeah. It's his younger self. Yes. Who's like sitting there with this like terrified expression mm-hmm. on his face. What do you think they're trying to say there? I think that I think that Dylan is just coming to terms with like childhood trauma, like things he's been holding on to for a long time, like not being able to trust his parents, not having that kind of security. I feel like I feel like they're sort of saying that that dark Dylan was really just kind of like his his emotional baggage that he's mm. carried since he was a little kid. So in in like coming to terms with that and soothing like his inner child, air quotes. Mm. Uh, He's able to like come to grips with that and move forward. That's what I think. That sounds right to me. But I do think like the crying kid and Dylan hugging his crying younger self was maybe a skosh too far. Yeah, so we're getting to that. So back at the Walsh house, Dylan walks up. There's still a couple reporters there. Okay. And they come up to Dylan as he's walking in the house and he decides to talk to them and says that uh, you know, you write that Jack is survived by his only son who loved him very much and will miss him very much. Yeah. Jim and Dylan then have a little talk about Jack and how, you know, at least they got to have this little bit of time before yeah. he died. Which I thought that they were going to bring up the fact that Jim and his father never reconciled. And like mm. that was something that Jim didn't get to do, Yeah, uh, which would have really landed here, but they don't bring it up. Yeah. Brenda then feeds Dylan some ice cream. <laughs> some Rocky pe- Road. No, it was butter pecan. Was it? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember right. because I don't like butter pecan. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Brandon asks if he found what he was looking for, and he says yes. Dylan then calls Kelly just to hear her voice, and this makes Kelly happy that, uh, you know, they're on good terms again. And... Then he goes into the living room. He's looking at the booze, but instead he goes over to his father's urn. Mm -hmm. And then he turns around and his younger self is there crying. And he goes over as the music swells and he hugs his younger self. Yeah. That's where I think it's a little over the top. It is a little. I think Luke Perry does a very, like, valiant effort at selling it. But it just... It's a little too schmaltzy. Mm-hmm. But I think this is where love is is playing. Ah, okay. As this, yeah, because because there is a really, really like in your face song playing yes. in the background. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so. that makes sense. That makes love sense. Love breaks your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your nine hundred two and zero snap, Kendra? Uh, I think it was the reveal that Christine was like in it. The whole time. and uh, yeah. That whole scene, just like I figuring go out what happened. When Dark Dylan gets him to chug the booze oh, early yeah. on, for okay. me, that was like the <gasps> moment. Yeah. Well, I hope that we're done with, I mean, I know that he'll probably have to deal with alcoholism, but I hope we're done with these huge episodes of Dylan just like going off the deep end. Yes, I do hope so. that as well. <laughs> Great. You're giving me so much confidence. <laughs> uh, verdict? What did you think? Did the episode hold up? I think this is a good pair of episodes. I, I think, think it's a good pair Well of acted. Too. I think good drama. Yep. Surprises. Yep. Emotions. I gotta say, too, the, the scene with Dylan and David is one that I always remember because 
I think that's a really, um, it's one of the hallmarks of the show, and I think it's a really uh, strong suit of, of the writers, is that they're not afraid to use those unusual pairings to bring out a good story element, you know, because I would never... I think I think the like traditional logic would be to have a scene with Dylan and Brandon where Dylan comes to terms with it, you know, like I think that's a traditional way to deal that story. Just have his best friend come in and be like, look, man, I, I don't know what you're going through, but but you have a character like David who they've maybe had a handful of dialogue scenes together over the three seasons that we've had. But like that link with Scott and like watching it happen and someone you're close to and all that makes total sense. Yeah. You know, for those two. So I think for David to be the one to get through to Dylan and kind of get him back on track there is a really unusual move, but a really smart choice. And I, I really I like that a lot. I liked that scene. Yeah. I've, yeah uh, I, the more we watch Brian Austin Green in Smallville, the more I like Brian Austin Green. So. I know. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah. Do you ever watch uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles Terminator? Oh no! Is he in that? He's so good in that. Really? Yeah. He really, he really is. Yeah. Is that the yeah. one with Lena Headey? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll and watch that because I like her too. He plays not Kyle Reese from the Terminator franchise, but I want to say his name is Derek Reese. He's like Kyle's brother, <laughs> who who comes back. I think I really think that's what it is. That's Maybe funny. I'm wrong. You can fact check me on that. <laughs> All right. Kendra, outside of the Radio Meanwhile Network, I host the All the Book Show, the official podcast and radio show of the David A. Howe Public Library. You can find us at soundcloud.com slash allthebooks or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm Miss Musabox91 on the social medias, and you can find me over at MissMusabox.com for all your craft t-shirt, uh, mask. I've been making a lot of masks Ooh, lately. Nice. Mask needs. Yes. Okay. Well, you can join us next week as we continue our 90210 discussion with episode 323, Duke's Bad Boy. Ooh. That's a, that's a dumb name. <laughs> and 324, Perfectly Perfect, starring Jennifer Aniston. Practically no. perfect <laughs> in every way. Yeah, there you go. All right, Kendra, with that, I bid you a 9021. Here we go. Here we go.